0: I'm Mark Kennedy and this is the Healthinomics Podcast, episode 31 with guest Nate Helming. Hey, what's up everybody? How's your running going? Special thank you to those of you that have recently left the podcast rating review on iTunes. If you too want to show your support for the show, I'd love it if you could leave one as well. It only takes a minute and it really helps new listeners find the show. And if you're new to the Nomics podcast, this is typically an interview-based show where I talk to some of the best minds in running, from coaches to physiotherapists to nutritionists and even the athletes themselves. Before we get to today's interview with Nate Helming, I want to see if anyone listening has tried the popular Couch to 5K program and found it too challenging. If so, I've put together a free plan that addresses the flaws I see in the Couch to 5K plan. If you want to check out the plan, go to nuntorun.com and click on the Nuntorun Run Plan button in the top menu or simply Google Nuntorun Run Plan. On to today's interview with Nate Helming. Nate is based in San Francisco. In addition to coaching runners and triathletes of all levels, he trains Olympic level cyclists, professional triathletes, elite mountain bikers, and national level ultra runners on strength and mobility. Nate has traveled around the world to speak about better strength training for endurance athletes and regularly publishes videos and articles on how runners can do it better. You can learn more about Nate at therunexperience.com, where he helps people who want to be able to run and enjoy the outdoors remain injury free. In this episode, we talk about why runners need to think of themselves more like athletes and develop their athleticism, the best ways for runners to incorporate strength training into their running, how to read the early signs of injury, how to stay active when you're injured and can't run stretching where does it fit into the running equation and Nate's favorite resources and books and much much more the show notes for today's episode will be at healthynomics.com slash 31 there you'll also be able to download a transcription for the episode enjoy the show everybody welcome to the Nomics podcast boosting your health and fitness iq one episode at a time and now your host mark kennedy I'd like to welcome Nate to the Healthinomics Podcast. Nate, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Mark, I'm pumped to be here. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I've been following your work for a while now, and I have to uh, thank a former podcast guest, Mario Fraioli, for introducing us uh, via email. So anyways, thanks to you, Mario, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this. But um, <laughs> anyways, I'm looking forward to chatting, and um, yeah, I'm really pumped to talk to you. Um, As I said uh, in our sort of pre-chat, my listeners are primarily beginner runners. That being said, there's probably some that, you know, have run half marathons and marathons before, but uh, so mostly beginner runners. So, um, and I'm sure they're looking forward to getting some uh, tips and advice from you. So why don't we start by, uh, if you don't mind, giving us a bit of background on you, sort of where you grew up, went to school, uh, your history with running and, and what you're up to today. Yeah. So
1: I uh, live currently in San Francisco, California, and I am a, uh, you know, running coach and a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and I've, I've been a triathlon coach as well. Um, and I've helped out with mountain bikes and, and mountain bike racing. So I've gotten some, uh, done some different things in the endurance world. Uh, but I, but I've gone pretty deep in the strength world too. And, you know, Mark, I, I sort of found myself, there was, a there's, there's a lot of, you know, fantastic run coaches out there and and a lot of great, uh, strength coaches out there. Um, and I've yet to find too many that were able to kind of go back and forth or like really we're, we're deep in both worlds. And, uh, so I found myself at this, you know, kind of happy crossroads, so to speak, you know, not necessarily, uh, (laughs) claiming to be, to be the best coach in either one, but really thoroughly understanding each world and, and trying to understand more and, and being able to kind of like go into their culture and community and, and poke around and, and see what's going on. And, uh, you know, I got into that, um, you know, backing up because when I first moved out to San Francisco right after college, I was really interested in, in triathlons and, uh, I got into some Ironman training and, uh, was, was racing a lot, wanted to race professionally for a while as a, Triathlete. Um I dealt with a few different injuries, of course, on, on the training on the way there. Yeah, and uh, as we all as we all do, and sort of got into more about learning about the body and about strength training and, and proper movement, which is really on the kick I am now. And before that, I was actually a Division One uh, sailor at Boston College. Uh, yes, for you listeners now out there, sailing is a sport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, I grew and, up on the uh, West the, Coast, so uh, yeah, I know it's a sport. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right. So it was a lot of fun um, to uh, to do that, and we said a lot of dinghy boats, and we always did different, you know, a little bit of running for some conditioning, but it was, you had to be so mentally focused and on it, and uh, it actually helped me a lot. Like, when I got into running, I was like, man, all I have to do is run in a straight line, like, that's it? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> easy. oh, man, this is way less stressful. Um, but I, I played you know, a bunch of different sports in uh, high school. And uh, I was a little prep school kid. So I was like downhill skiing, played soccer and lacrosse, sailing in the summer. Uh, and then eventually actually, like, I knew I was more on the endurance side of things when I kind of got bored with soccer and, and you know, migrated over towards the cross country team. And I knew that, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. the, the running thing was something that I was, you know, kind of hardwired to do.
0: Oh, that's cool. And, um, do you do some work with CrossFit now? Is that part of your, um, strength and conditioning, um, training protocol you do with other people or? I do, you know, Samar,
1: it gets funny. Like the, uh, the, I've, I've worked out of a CrossFit gym for the last probably six or seven years at San Francisco CrossFit in the city. Uh, and it's actually been owned and operated by a physical therapist, uh, a man by the name of uh, Kelly Starrett. Um, and he has um, a pretty established and, and well-known uh, business called Mobility um, MobilityWOD, mobilitywad.com uh, give him a little shout out. Yeah. I'm and familiar done... with his
0: work. So, and I have, I have all of his books. So anyway, oh, well, well, there you
1: go. You know, I'm,
0: I'm keep going. A lot, I'm I'm many preaching. people probably don't know about him.
1: Yeah. I'm preaching to the converted. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I learned a lot about, uh, Kelly on, on really how we can take care of our bodies ourselves and, and, you know, employing, you know, relatively simple strategies, like a lacrosse ball and, and a little willingness to to suffer and to poke around, you know, under the proverbial hood, so to speak, and uh, as opposed to just, you know, sticking uh, a bag of frozen peas on her knee and just kind of hoping the pain goes away. Um I was definitely in that category earlier on, um, you know, in my life and uh I've just pinged around with a lot of different injuries that sort of got me into there. You know, with all the work that I do online, um right now with a uh, we man, it's crazy. We have about a team of ten people now, uh, you know, working with uh, the run experience, which is something I co-founded with uh, my partner, uh a guy named Craig DeSantos and who's also a runner. He ran college at Rice University, he ran steeplechase and uh something else terrible, maybe like the three thousand just <laughs> he, he horrible distances. Terrible, yeah. It's funny, right? Like all long distance, all marathoners are afraid of going short. Uh because of how painful it is. And then all the short guys obviously are afraid of grinding it out over the, the long distances. Yeah, the short guys
0: are um, just like short-term gain, maximum, or short-term pain, maximum gain. And yeah, the long guys are just, you know, just hold that pace forever and ever and ever.
1: Oh man, you know, the the start of the ultra, like everyone just starts walking. It's like the most anticlimactic thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, all right. guess yeah. we're going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, so we do a lot of strength training uh and movement for runners but i sort of found that you know for us when we're really talking to runners crossfit is sort of a distraction it's it's not a battle that we need to dip our toe in so i usually talk about with my runners it's like hey you know it's not crossfit but we're going to do a little bit of squatting over here like hey it's not it's not crossfit but let's let's work on our pushups like yeah. you know it's not crossfit but maybe we'll we'll add a burpee in there too cuz those can be productive
0: uh-huh Well, that makes sense um, well, let's, uh, let's dive in a bit more. So, um, as I mentioned, I, my work, uh, I focus a lot on beginner runners. Yeah. And I was doing a bit of reading, um, before our chat and I, I know you do, you have an affiliation with Reebok. So I saw an article that I'm not sure if he wrote or they were quoting you, but anyways, there's a real good quote that I liked and I'll just read it here. Sure. Um, this is you, I guess, being quoted saying to get better runners have to run a lot. Uh, but for us to be able to, consistently run a lot we have to be athletes we have to move like athletes we have to strength train like athletes and we have to work on injury prevention like athletes and i really like that but i'd love you for you to explain to the listeners sort of what you mean by that
1: you know i i love thank you that's uh i remember that um uh, so i i really believed you know i can kind of hit this from a few different ends you know i find that from the running technique angle Uh, I really struggled with changing my own running technique and changing the running technique of my runners um, because I kind of realized, especially watching them move in the gym, that the running technique or kind of the the less beautiful variations, the ugly stuff that was coming out and running was just ugly stuff that was coming out, period. And it was showing up in lack of hip and ankle range of motion in their squat or the ability to stabilize themselves in a pushup or press something overhead and, and, maintain good posture. And, uh, it was, it made me realize that there wasn't anything special or specific or unique about how our body broke down and running. Our body was just breaking down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if we try to just change our running without first addressing, you know, our core athletic foundation, you know, we're not going to get very far. It's just trying to change running in a vacuum. But if we can, you know, improve our range of motion in our shoulders and get us more upright, all of a sudden it's easier to breathe. It's easier to swing our arms. Uh, it's also easier to get our hips underneath us. And we start to see this virtual cycle occur. So, and I've, I've really been able to have a lot of success improving people's running technique without actually having to talk about running technique that much. Uh, which is nice because you can kind of tell the runners outside, uh, when they're, when they're like messing with how their foot hits the ground. Cause they, they, they're like running with a pencil up their butt. Like things get kind of weird
0: yeah exactly <laughs> when, when they start
1: messing around. Um, and actually I remember this, like, I think another bigger, broader, um, uh, you know, issue with this Mark is, you know, why are runners not being athletes in the first place, like, why are we having to even put this message out there? And I think a huge part is this, you know, love or romance with uh, the notion of specificity and specific training. And, uh, you know, as I kind of said in that earlier quote, it's like, to be good runners, we do have to run a lot, right? So we need to have that specific training in there. But let's not, you know, be fooled by the amount of general athletic foundation we need just to even support that level of specific training and uh have you have you ever read uh boys in the boat have you heard of that book i haven't no okay so it is it's kind of a cool book it, it was like if you were going through an airport like i was and uh <laughs> you're walking by like the display table of all the books it, like it would be sort of one of the books up there right okay. it was kind of like a top 10 you know new york times sort of bestseller book and it tells a story of the 1936 Olympic gold medal, uh, rowing team from the United States. And it was like this very unlikely squad of, of rowers from Seattle, uh, university of Washington. Uh, and this is back in the era when, you know, it was all the Ivy league schools on the East coast, you know, the Harvard's, the Yale's that were the dominant, you know, rowers. And, um, you know, One of the things that was interesting about it was like these guys were, you know, compared to their Ivy League counterparts were kind of scrappy and uh, they did a ton of manual labor. (laughs) They were literally like woodsmen. And, uh, you know, you would like this wasn't even a major part of the story, but sort of like my my coaching years perked up when I heard when they're not rowing, they're like like walking five and ten miles everywhere. They're like hauling stone and and trees through the woods and all this work. <laughs> and it was amazing to me. And actually the coach at the time was actually saying, hey, when you're rowing with us, I want you to be specific. Everything you do should look like rowing. You shouldn't be doing everything else. Which is really a perfectly reasonable thing to say when six or eight months out of your year involves serious hard physical labor. So these guys were just, they're just strong. They're mobile. They were flexible so it was reasonable to get into a boat and just row for a couple months and and things would be fine yeah but we kind of still keep that message but what we've done is we've removed all the hard physical labor out right so it's like all of us most of us are if we're honest with ourselves are you know like we're we're desk jockeys even if we're standing we have a stand-up desk we're not moving through that much range of motion um, and I just think it's so important that we have to like get that back into our into our lives.
0: Yeah, no, I re- I like that story. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, it makes me think of, um, I'm in Canada, so I'm going to talk about hockey for a second here.
1: Oh um, of yeah. Hockey.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, there's always a lot of talk about, you know, young kids getting in sports and I've got two young boys, so I'm always, you know, I played a lot of sports growing up. So I'm always thinking about this, but, and specificity you mentioned, um, and they, I don't know who was talking to Wayne Gretzky, but he was being interviewed and asked about specificity and, you know, kids excelling at sports. And he, um, he said, absolutely not. He's like, he's like, I played every sport growing up. Like he was in hockey, lacrosse, baseball, and, um, you know, numerous other sports. And uh, I have no doubt he was probably good at all those sports, but, um, right. You know, and I love that because, him, you know, especially for, you know, kids, but for everyone, like if you do the same thing, the same motions over and over, your, your body's going to break down. And, um, I like the, the notion you say, well, be, just being an athlete. And then that's what Wayne Gretzky, um, that's what he stated. So, you know, a great message for not just kids, but for everyone really.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I haven't done, uh, I used to do a lot of work with, with juniors when I was younger, actually through, through sailing, but, uh, I was working with a high school mountain bike team. Um, out here in Marin County, the last couple of years, and I was just so fired up that they actually had a mountain bike team because <laughs> I basically had to quit mountain biking in high school to play the high school sports that were open to me. I was like, "Oh my God, I would have totally done this if this was available yeah that's cool. and uh I remember, Mark, I brought these kids in the room we were doing a little cross training, and uh these kids are like fifteen years old i 've watched them ride up the mountains like on one wheel, you know. Jumps like I was—I was, a, I was a pretty fit cyclist back then. And these little whippets, you know, they weighed like you know 100 pounds, soaking wet, and they could just <laughs> rip and shred. Like they were so powerful, it was unbelievable to watch them and see how graceful they were on their bike. Um, but I pulled these kids into the gym. And you're thinking like fifteen years old, prime your life, no problem. I'm just having them warm up with, you know, some simple air squats and other movements. Yeah. And the room was quiet for a second, Mark. And all of a sudden I heard this snap, crackle, and pop of stiff tendons sliding over knee joints and ankles and low backs cracking. And it just, it sounded like a, you know, a bunch of old men. And this is 15 year old kids. These are 15 year old kids. And then you start to talk to them and they're like, Oh yeah. Like my T band, I got this problem. I've got this issue with my, my SI joint, my sacroiliac joint, which is right at the base of your, your, your tailbone for you, for you listeners out there. And you know the movement that's required in this area—it's like a few millimeters. But if that gets locked up, it really um, throws everything else off in significant ways. And these kids were basically a mess. And then you start to talk to them, and you kind of unpack their day, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" They they wake up in the morning, uh, and they they go down to the, the the breakfast table, and they sit at the breakfast table uh, have their breakfast and then they, they go to school. Chances are they're sitting in the car or the bus uh, as they go to school. Then they're at school and what are they doing? Hey, they're sitting again. Um, and then, Hey, at least they have their sport in their afternoon and like, Oh, what do they do? What's their sport? Oh, they're sitting again on a bike. And (laughs) so they're like, Oh man, these kids are professional sitters and they're growing so fast, but their hips are tight and it was just, just a mess. So it was just getting these kids to, to kind of undo some of that was, was so big and seeing it show up so early made me realize how even more important it is for for adults to to get on it
0: yeah oh that's that's cool that's a good story as well um and you you mentioned earlier a little bit um about posture and technique and um you know people doing funky things to change their running and i mean i have to admit back when sort of that barefoot running craze came into play Mm -hmm. and you know people are talking about form i'm like yeah well i started you know experimenting with some different shoes and changing my technique and then you know of course the the next day and you know, I, I did a 10k like a six mile run the next day my calves are freaking just on fire yeah. and i'm just like you know what just happened so um i'd love to hear your um your point of view or your thoughts on running form especially for beginners and um the big thing i always wonder too is whether or not do you play with form in the beginning or do you just get those people um, a little bit stronger, a little bit more flexible, increase their mobility, and let technique and form take care of itself. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, you know, so the one thing I'd sort of say with running form is that, I, I, I'll at least share my perspective, I'm not a stickler with very, very hard specific standards. Like, I don't think your cadence should be one number, How many, how many steps you 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 take, um, you know, per minute, I, I really think there's sort of a range here that we, we want to be in. And when we think about running form, I do believe that there is a degree of something we have, we are born to do, right? You know, so like, are you born to run? It's like, yes. <laughs> but like a lot of things, we were also born to sit upright. And we were also born to be really good belly breathers, uh, to breathe diaphragmatically deep into that belly. But we see over the years that all of these, what I almost called like short circuit movement patterns start to, you know, get layered onto our bodies, right? So all of a sudden, we sit all day a little slumped over, we don't breathe into our bellies much anymore, and we become, you know, chest and like shoulder breathers where we breathe our shoulders up into our ears. We can't understand why our shoulders are sore after we run uh, you know, we carry so much stress there. So when I think about technique and moving people in that direction, I'm not fundamentally, you know, changing how they move their body. I'm just trying to gently remind them that how their body's supposed to move in the first place. So we're sort of unpacking and undoing some of those things. Um, you know, I know, uh, and Mark, I'm sure you get a lot of questions on foot strike and you know, where and how your foot's supposed to interact with the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it is the last thing I like to look at, and I, I uh, try to start um, at the the other end of the spectrum because if I find that if I'm just trying to arbitrarily change where my foot hits the ground without addressing first what's going on further up you know, the kinetic chain of my body, my knees, my hips, what's going on with my spine, my shoulders, my breathing, um, I'm going to probably change a uh, swap one problem for another. And I'm not really going to address why my foot lands the ground the way it does. in in the first place, I can't remember where I read this, but I really loved the the visual was that it was like your, your foot is sort of like the end of this like kinetic whip, right? You know, and it's, it's the way the foot hits the ground is sort of the crack of that whip. So for me to change how that, you know, whip occurs, I need to address, you know, my hand placement and, and where the, the start of the whip is, which is really in a lot of respects for me, the upper body and, and those hips. So I address that with, you know, some, some strength exercises, which is really just getting people in their bodies. And the place I love to start are, are easy exercises, uh, Not easy in that they're necessarily easy to do, but easy in that they don't require any equipment, and you can do them at home or outside in the park. With just like a squat, uh, a push-up, some basic core exercises, like a hollow body exercise and and an arch body exercise, which just kind of teaches me how to go from a neutral position where I've got that nice straight line for my ears, uh, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles, and and then taking my body into degrees of flexion and then to degrees of, of extension. And that kind of gets me into my body. And if I pair short doses of running with that, that just draws that, you know, awareness of of your posture. And that's really such a great place to start.
0: That's great. I like that. And and a good segue into um, strength training itself. Um, Let's talk about, I mean, say a beginner runner comes to you and they want to start running and they know they need to incorporate some strength training Where do you where do you start with them, and what sort of exercises do you prescribe? I know it's different for every runner, but we'll we'll generalize here. Um, so yeah, Yeah. some of your favorite exercises. How many days a week do you run? Do you strength train on your on your running days or your days off? Yeah. Um, What? Yeah. How do you approach that? So, I I try to
1: like when I'm thinking bigger picture, and especially when I'm thinking about newer runners, I say for most of these guys, we're going from nothing to something. So we don't need to get totally lost in the details of of what and when and where. It's just that if you can fit it in somewhere uh, sometime <laughs> that works, it's like that's a victory yeah and and then we can kind of iron out the wrinkles of of optimizing your schedule with your your run workouts as those get harder a little bit later. Uh, I find it perfectly reasonable to fit. You know, two sessions. They don't need to be much longer than thirty minutes at the minimum. You know, you could get a lot of work in there, uh, and it could be all bodyweight stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we actually have at the Run Experience, we have like a little free workout series we like to to send people um, if they're if they're interested, and it starts with um, a little warm up, which you know takes them through. You know, some arm and leg swings, some lunges, some hip circles—just some good stuff just to get the body moving and and starting to increase that range of motion. And then give them a little a little strength circuit, which could include like some squats and some push-ups. Um, the other two favorite movements I like to start people off are are the lunge and the burpee. And if I feel like if I can hit the squat, the push-up, the lunge, and the burpee, I'm getting a good template for learning how to stabilize my hips and my shoulders. Take them through different ranges of motion, and and understand some good principles of movement. And from there, I can get more technical. I could get onto one leg. I could start to add weight. But basically, for new runners all over the country uh, or the world, you want to try this at home. It's pretty safe and and easy to do: squat, push up, uh, lunge, and burpee. And uh, two days a week. Um, And then uh, if they're in the gym with me, I will start to load them up a little bit, but starting with those, those basic foundations, you know, Mark and my other favorite place for those runners who are like, I don't know, I don't have time for this. This is stressful. Just listening, thinking about (laughs) adding more stuff to all the stuff I already have to do. And I'm a busy mom and I got to take the kids to soccer practice and, and drive around everywhere. And I'm, I'm working late and, and, and all those things is to inject little five minute doses of of strength and mobility and injury prevention into your runs. You know, like I kinda I kinda joke with, with runners and I've had numerous conversations with guys like Mario on this. Um but, you know, as a community, runners I think we could do a better job of warming up <laughs> in yeah. general.
0: Oh I'm and, terrible. You know, I went for a run yesterday Sunday. And uh, yeah, you know, I've got two little boys, wife, and I get out the door, like, I'm like, eh, I'm gone. Like, no warm up. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. You want to maximize the time. And mentally, it's hard to, to choose. You're like, I've just gone out here. I just need to keep my momentum going yeah. and, and keep it rolling. But what's interesting is like, you, you know, if you show up for a group run, uh, it's not any better, right? When you you give yourself that weekend morning uh, and you're the new runner, like the the more advanced runners aren't teaching you the better ways. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's some guys out there who are like, hey, hey man, I warm up. What are you, what are you talking about? Um, but it's, it's, and there are a few of you out there, but I haven't seen it at the cultural level that like 80% of the group is doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of tease that that slow jogging is not the optimal warm up for slightly faster jogging. <laughs> <Like> we, <laughs> yeah. can, we could do a little bit. And, and sometimes you see it in the context of a, a track run, a race, uh, you'll, you'll you go to race for your first time. You see people touching their toes or doing leg swings or something else, and you kind of like it's like the the last minute study tips before an exam. You're like, oh man, these guys are preparing differently. Maybe I, maybe I should do that too. Um, but my 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 little challenge to runners out there is, it's perfectly reasonable to take two minutes out of your run and a sidewalk anywhere and and stop and do some really simple stuff. And you can inject some squatting as I said, some leg swings, some lunges, um, that's really scratching the surface and what you can do. But notice if you even stick to those basic movements, you're just getting into your body and you're giving yourself a nice transition from either being asleep. <laughs> if you're running in the first thing in the, the, uh, the morning, uh, or, you know, undoing that time, you know, mentally and physically stuck at work and your body's just a little stiff. And I, I haven't, had a runner do the warm up and, and not say their body and their run didn't go better afterwards.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. Anytime I do take the time, I'm just like, why don't I do this all the time? But <laughs> yeah, who knows? <clears throat> um, and I was, I was reading, I don't, I can't remember if I got this on your site or another article you were quoted on, but anyways, another quote, which I really liked, which, um, will lead to us chatting about injuries, but, um, it says, think of running high mileage as a privilege, not a right. Mm. running higher mileage needs to be earned in the sense that runners need to do the necessary secondary work to be able to make running mileage sustainable again i really like this quote and i'm um, keeping this in mind how does one learn to read the signs of early stages of injury and um yeah maybe just talk a little bit about um sort of what you mean by this um running high mileage, high mileage as a privilege and not a right sure so for the the mileage thing first and then we'll we'll
1: get into the the injury piece yeah. um you know we this is where I, my my worlds between the strength world and uh the um the running world start to kind of come come together um you know the same way runners like the the PR the fast 5k or half marathon or marathon you know the strength guys like the heavy squat Mm -hmm. They like the PR under under the lift. And um, you know, sometimes with with those guys like, oh well, I want to get strong, so I'm just gonna start to, you know, lift really heavy early. But you you sort of realize that, you know, with with strength, as soon as you step underneath a heavy bar, um, it's it can be risky if you haven't prepared yourself properly. And you sort of realize that you know, to go for those heavy back squats, you have to earn the right to be underneath that heavy bar. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to squat something crazy, this is going to sound ludicrous to most runners out there. It's actually not that heavy in the strength world. This -hmm. would almost be the equivalent of running like a six minute mile. You know, if you wanted to squat like 300 pounds as a guy, um, which I can't do for the record, by the way, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta earn that with, with consistency. Consistent weeks and months and potentially years of 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 showing up, of paying attention to your technique, of working on your squat form with with lighter weight, with stopping before you get hurt, um and and looking at feedback before you go and you make the attempt, right? And we know that with strength, okay, to to perform, you need to squat that heavy weight, but we also realize that if we pay attention more to the process of it, that's really what's going to get us there. I think the correlate with running, especially when we see runners who are more beginner runners and they're making the jump to that next level, they see what their buddies are doing. They're like, hey, I was a 20 mile a week runner. He's running 50 miles a week. I'll run twice as good if I do that right? or, or go even more and it's the same thing. It's like a lot of those guys, if they've done it right, they've taken five, six, eight, ten 10 years to get to that level of running that much mileage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at a professional runner who's 25 years old and running 90 to hundred mile weeks, it took him 10 years to get there. Yeah. You know, starting at the age of 15, he didn't just start. Um, and when you give yourself that time, you know, you get that experience of learning all the, what those little aches and pakes mean, uh, in, in your body. And I think a lot of runners who have, um, they've injured a body part, they become acutely hyper aware of what's going on in that body part, right? Let's say it's your right IT band or your Achilles. And, uh, it's becomes a fool me once, uh, sh- scenario, you know, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Once you go through that experience, you're like, I'm not letting that happen again, And in retrospect, you realize like, oh, that's what all that like that tingling sensation meant. Yeah. And oh, maybe it wasn't good. You know, maybe the pain that just sort of faded after the first 10 minutes of warm up and then took 20 minutes to fade away and then 30 minutes to fade away. Maybe that was my body telling me something. You know, like if you if you go through so many, uh, you know, little rumble strips on the highway seeing that the road is going to end. You can't be surprised when the road actually ends. Yeah, uh, And I, I kind of say that as a little tough love, um, that that injuries don't come out of nowhere. Like literally unless you get hit by a taxi cab, it's like injuries do not come out of nowhere for most runners. The overuse injuries um, uh, accumulate over time. And if you're new, and this is all new to you and you've never happened before, like, hey, I've been there I've heard things I didn't understand what was happening and I kind of learned in retrospect. That's that's part of the uh you know experience level needed with runners, but you can vastly accelerate that process if you are doing daily and weekly mobility work. And this is where, you know, the power of a lacrosse ball and a foam roller become really really important. Now, if you start to only address something once it's painful or once you're limping you know the car has already crashed to a degree it's almost like it's like too late yeah um, you know not not too late to, to obviously fix yourself and, and run again but you're gonna be a couple weeks at least of, of seriously modified training the ideal is that you are foam rolling your calves your quads your hamstrings your IT bands kind of all the major players on a somewhat regular basis and you establish a good baseline. And then, you know, you've done that hard workout and you notice that that calf is a little bit tighter than normal. That's information that can help you make a better training decision the next day. And then, you know, from there, you know, instead of having wild swings from super successful training to being depressed, you know, looking out the window while you're Friends play a recess, you know, you can make those minor adjustments. Like, well, it said 50 minute run. I'm gonna run 35 minutes today, and I'm gonna give my calves a little bit more love. Maybe I didn't get the speed work I was supposed to, but I've ironed this kink out and I'll get to do my long run on Saturday, and then next week I'll be, I'll be fine.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, everyone's experienced those injuries, but yeah, if you've done the work, once you feel that little that little niggle or tingling feeling, you, you know, Hey, let's, let's shut this run down or maybe let's take an extra rest day. I mean, like like you said, you know, it, this is, you got to earn the, earn the privilege to to run. So you, if you need a day off, you you take a day off. And um, I'm a big proponent too, especially for beginners to not try to make up workouts. If you're sick or injured, like don't try to the next week, like, Hey, I missed two workouts because my calf was sore. Don't try to squeeze those in the next week. Like just, just write them off and just say, hey, take care of your body and you start from where you left off. So,
1: Yeah, you know, that is so hard to do. I even struggle with that every once in a while, especially if I'm on a schedule because I want to be successful with it. I know how hard that is, but yeah. uh, trying to remind yourself of the long game, um, you know, one more way to think about it, too, with those with those um, longer miles and, and when our goals get a little bit bigger um you know, like risk-free training just doesn't exist. It, it, it never will. And um, whenever we're looking for anything that has a big potential payout uh, like that higher mileage week, you know, we just have to recognize that there's an equally big uh, underside on, on the under of it. Um, and just, you know, addressing that. And, and I think the hard part when people start running more is they get more tired and they have less time to do all this stuff that's really going to support their body like the strength training and the injury prevention work. Um, so ironically, the more they need it, the, the less it, it happens because their, their schedule gets squeezed. Um, and for me, that's just, it's part of it. You know, it's like, it's what you signed up for. And, uh, I think you would be more successful on a little bit less with, uh, with this work in than than vice versa for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. So when, uh, one of your runners does get injured, and of course, it depends on the injury. You know, if someone rolls their ankle, you're not going to go out and tell them to do some plyometric box jumps uh, to get back <laughs> running. But, um, you know, if someone's got a, an injury, a little niggle, like what are some things people can do so they don't feel guilty that they're, you know, just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, doing nothing like.
1: Um, I love this question. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you know,
0: this is where I actually learned
1: and, and benefited from, 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 CrossFit and and actually being a triathlete, and Mark, I actually, I put myself into the accidental triathlete category earlier on, uh, because the way in which I was running and training at the time, um, my body was getting pretty beat up. Um, I had run like three marathons and I signed up for an ultra marathon by mistake in South Africa (laughs) and I ran all of these things in like a 12 month period. And I couldn't understand why my body was sort of rebelling against me after that. Wait, how did you
0: sign up by mistake? Go back to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it was a race called the Two Oceans Marathon. Um, And the way, you know, the Boston Marathon is sort of this epic run in uh, the United States. They have this race called Comrades down in South Africa. And I actually lived there as a student in um, college for a semester uh, and, and they have this race, which is a point to point race. It's a double marathon. And, uh, it became so popular that there are these training races that, that started. And, and I was just shopping for a marathon while I was there. And I saw this race It was called the two oceans marathon. It was in Cape town and it was supposed to run all the way around the point and right at the tip of Cape town is basically where, what is it, the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean meet. Mm-hmm. So basically you would run past two oceans and it's supposed to be beautiful and epic. So I, I printed this out and got everything set up and then I'm looking at kilometers and granted I'm like a year into like running marathons and I'm in the US so I, I'm not really familiar with kilometers and I'm like 56k, I was like 56k, there's something that seems a little stranger. So I literally like punch it into Google Translate and uh i see that i signed up for a 35 mile race um i wasn't even old enough to drink a beer yet and i just signed <laughs> up for this thing and i was like oh my goodness um but yeah I, I i doubled down and and did the training and and had a good time but definitely paid for it on the back end because i was uh i was pretty beat up after that cycle
0: wow that's a cool story yeah, um, yeah, I've heard of that race before. And, uh, I definitely, I don't know if I'm going to run that in my life. We'll see. <laughs> never say never, but, uh, but yeah, really right. Like to get down to South Africa and, uh, and check that race out. It's really neat. You know, I'd say
1: like, I've never, I haven't gone that far again. Um, I've done some, some ultra things and I've done a few Ironmans, and I've done some long mountain bike races. I've done like the Leadville, hundred uh, miler, which is awesome. Uh, terrible, but awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I think if I were to go north of Marathon again and in the fifty k's, I'd probably go on the trails. Uh, the the Two Oceans. One of the things that made it such a challenge was it was all pavement. You know, so you're just oh wow, you're beating that body up. Yeah, in a way that you know, obviously for, for you listeners out there who run on the trails, you know, just the the softer surface and the constantly changing terrain, uh, it makes you know longer runs not feel quite as bad, or or bad in a different way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, the road is rough. (laughs) So we haven't really talked a lot about stretching yet. So um, how does stretching fit into the equation for the runners that you work with? Uh, Or does it? And uh, if it does, what are some of your favorite stretches?
1: Yeah, so I like to... With my runners, and this is definitely something that I've I've learned working with the, the, the coaches and athletes and, and physical therapists I've worked with, is actually to instead of using the word stretching, which is relating to sort of the length of a certain muscle, like your hamstring or, or your your one of the muscles in your calf, um, to look instead more at mobility. and mobility has more to do, with the range of motion and the joints of your body, right? So Mm -hmm. looking as opposed to looking at the length of your hamstring, you're looking at your, 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 you know, hips ability to, to move around, to flex and extend. And, you know, there are other words that basically, uh, talk about its ability to kind of swing out and swing in and, and rotate around. You realize that it's this very, multi-movement joint. And when you start to address the movement there, you can actually get yourself into positions that challenge multiple muscle groups at the same time. So, in terms of time-saving, thinking about mobility over just stretching one muscle is great because I can simultaneously get my hamstrings, my calves, and my glutes at the same time, for example, as opposed to just one muscle at a time. Um, I think of keeping, when I'm preparing for a session for a run, uh, I don't want to do a lot of static work or deep work, uh, because I want to get the body temperature up, blood flow going. I want to get blood into those tendons. Uh, I want to get the body prepared to do this crazy thing called running. And so with that, I like to include a lot of my dynamic stuff and, you know, dynamic work involves, um, you know, Anything from some jumping jacks, some um, put like some burpees uh, some sprawls without the without the push-up part, a burpee without that mm-hmm. um, everything like bear crawls, uh, a little walkout you walk out into plank, you walk yourself back up tanning, leg swings, lunges, squats. Just like a handful of those things is just a great way to start touching different ranges of motion, getting your arms up overhead, swinging them back behind, um, squatting down all the way, um, really getting that hip into full flexion and your ankle into full, what's called dorsiflexion is when your toe flexes back towards your knee. That's really opens up that ankle. So doing that type of stuff in the beginning is just a great way for you to athletically prepare your body and to open it up. Um afterwards, once I've finished my session and I'm really warm, I feel like that's a time to go into some deeper static stretches. And uh, probably one of my favorite static stretches of all time, and it's like the best thing for runners, it's the best thing if you just sit in a chair at any point in your life, uh, is something called the couch stretch.
0: Oh, I love this one.
1: Yes, exactly. And and the way you would set up... um, I think, I think, you know, at least some of you listeners out there have probably done the, you know, this like kind of the stork style position where you kind of balance on one leg and you pull a heel to your butt uh, and try to stretch out your quad. Um, what we're going to do is is use the wall for a little bit more leverage, and we'll start on all fours on the ground with your heels back up against the wall. You'll just staying on all fours. You'll back your, let's say your right knee, uh, right to where the wall and the floor meet so that your shin is now parallel to the wall and your toes sticking straight up. And then from there, you're just going to press your hip forward a little bit. And even for this early stage, you're going to notice that you're starting to get a pretty monster stretch in the front of your hip, which is your hip flexors, which are things that get tight when we run all the time. Uh, from there, you can make it a little bit more graduated, by um, pulling that opposite foot um, onto the ground, you could get up onto your, um, the sole of your foot, almost like your, so your right leg, then the knees on the ground, the shins against the wall, if you can visualize this and follow along.
0: I'll, and I'll, I'll make sure leg. I put a link to a, a video of yours or a, a post where people can see this as
1: well, but uh, sorry, keep going. Oh, totally. And and the left leg is now in like a lunge position. It's more upright. And then slowly, you just try to wind the body more upright and push your hip more forward. And it becomes this lovely, terrible way <laughs> to open up your hips and your quads. And especially for you guys with any, you know, achy knees, uh, something you'd put in the runner's knee bucket or anything you'd you'd put in like the IT band bucket. This is, you know, you can spend two, three minutes here. You can Instagram here. You can upload from Strava here. You can do a lot of multitasking in this, in this position.
0: That's awesome. Uh, So yeah, definitely I'll put a a link to a video and um, a a post of yours for that for for all you listeners. Um, So I just want to respect your time. So we're getting close to the end here. So I want to hear a bit more about uh, maybe some of your favorite resources for runners or books, and then tell us a little bit about uh, the run experience
1: for sure you know one of my so so some of my
0: favorite
1: books that i really enjoyed they were not a geeked out training manual per se but more um some stories around some of the greats and and right now you know for better or worse i'm on this like kind of biography kick in general i've just been reading about you know early presidents and other things and just sort of it's really powerful you realize that like oh man they they're, they're they were human, you know, and they made mistakes and, uh, you know, they were 10 years old and they skinned their knee and they had a mom and, and then all of a sudden they, they blossomed into these incredibly powerful people, uh, mm-hmm. in, in our world. Um, so it's sort of fun to read, you know, books similar with runners. Um, I think one of my favorite books in that respect is a book called Bowerman and the men of Oregon. Uh, and it's written by a sports illustrated writer, a guy named Kenny Moore. And Kenny Moore was actually on the University of Oregon uh, team with guys like Steve Prefontaine. Wow! And uh, ran in Munich, Germany. Um, I think it was the year. I think it was the year that Frank Shorter won the gold medal, which was I think the last time uh, an American male has won uh, yeah. an Olympic gold medal in the marathon. Um, I hope I'm. I hope I'm. My stats are correct in that one, um, <laughs> but it's just a fascinating book. It talks about Bowerman's life, um, how he started to develop shoes and tinkered with that. How he was really pushed and developed, you know, training ideas and methodology. You know, they didn't. Their Gatorade didn't exist. Electrolyte drinks didn't exist. So, you know, Kenny Moore tells stories of Bill Bowerman, like mashing up like bananas and other little pills and things that normally don't go with banana into these water bottles and, you know, making his, all of his runners choke this stuff down and, you know, recording like who throws it up, who doesn't, <laughs> and how it seems to work. So it's just such a cool thing because sometimes we, we get in this mindset that, you know, how you run is established, how you train is established. And for me as a coach, it's a nice reminder that there's this sort of continuum uh, that we're all on, and and you know everything is up t- to be tweaked and developed and and to get a little bit better.
0: That's, cool. That's one to, of my favorite books. I have to check that book out. I just actually finished reading uh, Shoe Dog um, with Phil. Knight. I read that a little while ago. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I loved hearing just. You know, I was a big Nike guy a kid growing up the Air Jordans, etc. So I, that story is amazing, and just the I mean the resilience of the company. But I also recently watched a. A, a, it's like a design documentary on netflix i think it's called abstract and there is one okay. with uh tinker hatfield who was the shoe designer at nike who pretty much did the whole air jordan range uh, no so, way i'll have to check that out yeah it's it's really good and it taps in a little bit about the history with Bowerman. um he tells some good stories as well so anyways um for your listeners and, and you nate if you enjoyed that Bowerman book you'll probably like this um uh, abstract just google abstract nike shoe design and i'm sure you'll you'll find it
1: oh man i'll definitely have to check that out for sure um and then you were also asking a little bit about the run experience so yeah you, you can you can find us at therunexperience.com. um the best way to interact with us we actually just launched we're super pumped uh an app uh a run training app about a month ago oh cool and uh it is a. Uh, you just search for the Run Experience. Well, really, if you go to the RunExperience.com/app, app, you'll 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 get to a little landing page where you'll be able to uh, go either to the Apple Store or the Google Store, and uh, you know download that guy. And basically, it's got a lot of our. Um, videos and blog articles, you know, organized into, you know, if you're a beginner runner, strength training, injury prevention exercises. So it's like a really good resource of, of everything you'd you'd want to, to get a little bit better as a runner. Um, and then, you know, we have um, a lot of programs and uh, it's a way that you can interact with our programs as well and log in. Uh, the thing that we really put out is, is a lot of video based training, kind of showing you exactly what to do and how to do it and how it should feel. Um, in addition to just, you know, the, the spreadsheet that says, you know, run three miles on Tuesday, cross train with an X on, on Wednesday, <laughs> rather than cross train with an X, we'll, we'll tell you exactly what, uh, we think you should do and, and how it'll help. Uh, and you can find all that at the
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I've I've watched a lot of your videos and uh, I can't recommend to listeners enough. Check them out. I believe it's probably you on most of them, Nate. Is that right? Or your partner? It is, but
1: we're, we're building the team we have right now. It's really fun. It's actually been really fun. It used to just be me. And now we have three other coaches. We have uh, Kirk Warner, who's a fantastic uh, running and strength coach out in Colorado. We have Elizabeth Inpine, who's our resident uh, nutritionist and we have Holly Martin and she's uh, another local person in the Bay. Um, who's great with our, you know, beginner runners and, you know, running motivation. And, uh, we end up filming together a lot and doing, doing a lot of videos. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're putting three videos out a week on YouTube right now. So it's nice to have a, a team.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like a lot of work, but, um, so therunexperience.com. So I'll make sure we link that up in the show notes. Is there anywhere else that people can connect with you? Are you on Twitter, Instagram, any of those places? Or
1: <laughs> you know, I I just you can definitely check us out at the Run Experience for for Instagram and and everything else. Okay. I'm uh, I'm trying a little uh, experiment, Mark, and and I'm actually not on Instagram or Twitter right now personally. <laughs>
0: Good for you. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's been nice. Uh I, I wanted to do it for just a week or two just as a little reset um and and to focus on all the things we're building over thrun experience I was having a hard time updating everything. And I was like, well I'll 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 put it back on if I miss it. And uh uh that day hasn't come. <laughs> I haven't missed it yet. So we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, good for you. I think uh it's probably a good practice everyone should do sometimes. A little digital detox, you know, we got we, we need it. Digital detox, I like it. Well, um, listen, Nate, I'm not going to take any more of your time, but uh, myself and all the listeners, thank you for your time and expertise, and uh, like I said, we'll be sure to put all the links uh, in the show notes to all the resources and, uh, and videos and, of course, to the run experience. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Nomics Podcast at www.healthynomics.com.